Good morning. Welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths, and it's October 31st, 2021. It's Reformation Sunday. It's Halloween. It's All Hallows Eve. Um, it's the day after October 30th. Trunk or Treat was ridiculous. I don't know if anybody showed up to that thing, but that was really fun. And I was glad that everybody showed up that did show up. I got a, we got a lot of announcements, actually. Actually, a lot of that's happening next week, too. So we got a lot going on today, and we got a lot going on next week. One of them is, it's All Saints Day. It's, and so we'll be remembering all the, the brothers and sisters who walked into the, uh, the kingdom triumphant over this past year. And then we'll also, it's time change. We get an hour, so... You get an extra hour of sleep. That's going to be nice. Fall back. This is my favorite. Spring forward is my least. Just uh, everybody knows that. Communion also next week because it's first Sunday of the month. And then it's also, it starts off our stewardship month. So be prayerfully cons- like, uh, considering making pledges or what your pledge is going to be over the next year so we can plan accordingly. And so we'll start hearing from congregants about what God has taught them through the act of giving. Um, Have I said I'm glad you're here yet? If I haven't, I'm really glad you're here. And it's quiet our hearts, it's still our hearts, Um, just so they can get riled up again. This is not planned, but um, session voted just because there's some people that loud decimals and certain styles of worship hurt people's ears, so there will forever be earplugs in the back for anybody that just, uh, it, high, you know, any type of music, but it's kind of nice because it's on Reformation Sunday, and we're about to hear bagpipes, <laughs> so, uh, so that's kind of the Holy Spirit working through stuff, right? So where's my son and Josiah? Oh, okay, praise the Lord. Uh, if you want some earplugs, you can raise your hand. This is the only time we're going to do this. From now on, they'll just be in the back and you just grab them out of the bowl. But if you would like some earplugs, raise your hand and these fine young looking gentlemen will run in your direction. Elsie wants earplugs just because she wants things. <laughs> That's yeah, me too. Yeah. Absolutely. Just if you guys want to take a nice nap during the sermon, these are they're very nice. You put them in and it makes you feel like you're underwater. No, you don't eat them. Don't eat them, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. I think that's enough. Let me, let me lead us in a word of prayer. Once... Actually, you guys keep moving around. You can quietly move around, right? They're teenagers, right? What could go wrong? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, today we gather as your local outpost of your kingdom, and we recognize um, the brothers and sisters who followed your son, Jesus the Christ, and paved the way for... um, all the different denominations to worship you in the way that they've been called. We thank you for our history. And all God's people said,
Please join me as I call us to worship responsively. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed be God's kingdom, now and forever. There is one body and one spirit. There is one hope in God's call to us. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God, Father, Blessed be God, who sustains and protects God's holy church. And blessed be God, who, who, who is worthy of being praised. Read it all together. And blessed be God, who guides and confirms us in our faith. Amen. Let us worship the Lord, who is our mighty fortress.
Please be seated and send the students and children up for this morning's children's message. My name is Shane Hill, and uh, a Jesus loved me moment for me was when I was this kid, these kids' age in uh, school, about this time during a harvest festival at our church, and I remember being with a lot of kids and my family and my church family, and remembering it was like one of the happiest days I had, and and feeling like Jesus loved me. Uh, kids are dismissed. Martin Luther once said, All who call on God in true faith, earnestly from the heart, will certainly be heard and will receive what they have asked and desired. Grant that I may not pray alone with the mouth. Help me that I may pray from the depth of my heart. As together we pray the prayer of confession, let us pray from the depths of, their heart, of our hearts. Merciful God, you made us in your image with a mind to know you, a heart to love you, and a will to serve you. But our knowledge is imperfect, our love inconstant, our obedience incomplete. Day by day we fail to grow into your likeness. Yet you are slow to be angry with your children. For the sake of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior, do not hold our sins against us, but in your tender love, forgive. Amen. In the words of Martin Luther, Christ died for me. He made his righteousness mine, and he made my sin his own. And if he made my sin his own, then I do not have it, and I am free. The good news of our faith, my friends, that in Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Amen. Please stand.
So, I'll give you a little heads up. I made a boo-boo. Um, the, the, the lyrics for the second song that we're doing, I sent the wrong ones to Elsie and the right one in PowerPoint to the wrong person. So, the first song, you'll be able to flow just with us. I don't know if Philip was able to plug in the second ones that I sent. If not, you can Google them. Uh, it's in, uh, in Christ Alone by uh, Keith and, and Stuart Townsend. So if they don't come up after the heart of worship, you either just get a nice presentation of a popular praise song or you can Google it. Um, but Bad Danny. <laughs> Let's worship together. When the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song a song itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about.
alone my hope is found he is my light my strength my song this cornerstone this solid ground firm through the fiercest drought and storm what heights of love what depths of peace when fears are stilled when striving cease my come my all in all here in the love of Christ I stand in Christ alone who took on flesh fullness of God in helpless of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save, to on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied for every sin on him was laid, here in the death of Christ I live. 
body lay, light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again. And as he stands in victory, since cursed has lost its grip on me. Right? Philip, A plus again, man. Gold star. That's a curveball. We walked into this room and he had the wrong lyrics. We had the right lyrics right there. Another round of applause for Philip right there. Goodness. It's like a celebration, right? Reformation celebration. It rhymes too. Cornell's back. I, I, I feel like we, as a congregation, we could do a backflip if we could. If we could do backflips, we would do backflips. We missed you, man. Like, this place isn't the same without you, right? We just finished a series on Romans. We're doing the lectionary text out of Hebrews. And I'll get to why I think it's the lectionary text. But first, as I was reading it, first thing that popped off my, like, that popped, entered into my mind was this seems like a fictional story. This seems like a fictional tale. It's so ethereal. It's so deep. It's so profound. We've, we've studied Hebrews before. In that, in that sermon I mentioned, we don't know who the author was, but whoever it was, was brilliant and a really intelligent and a really amazing writer and excellent uh, an author. Um, and I, for the first time doing um, research, because I've preached out of Hebrews a bunch, but I'd never heard the argument that it's a sermon. And I, I totally agree with it now that I've read it. That makes a lot of sense. That's why it's not to anybody. Um, like, like it's not addressed and the author isn't making himself or herself known. It's a sermon. It's, the, it's an early sermon. Back to why um, I thought it was like, I, it seems like a fictional story, but then you, you read the title again. What's the name of this book? 
Hebrews. It's to the Hebrews. It's to Jewish folk. Culture is real. Amen? Amen. Like, there's, there's been points in my life where I don't understand what's going on, and it's not the people that's doing this thing's fault. It's my fault. I don't understand their culture. Just before we get to the text, have I told you the story about what time my cousin was getting married in Texas? Yes or no? Okay, good. Because uh, it's... I. I was, we were in Texas. Malia and I were in Texas. We were living in Texas. We were living in San Antonio, Texas. I was born in Texas. I'm saying Texas a lot, but that's fine. There's a wedding in the middle of the summer. What's wrong with that? It's really hot. It says in Georgetown, Texas, which is right outside Austin. It was roughly 110 degrees with 90, 100% humidity. That's the facts. And the bride rolls in on a horse. And she's beet red, you know, because it's 120. And then everybody's sweating like crazies. And there's these buckets everywhere. And I was like, what are these little cans everywhere? Spittoons. Everybody's chewing and spitting. We roll over to where the reception is. It's just a quick jaunt in the 120-degree weather. And there's a big old cooler, uh, like an igloo cooler. And we're like, yes, Water. My wife and I open it up. What's in it? Baked beans. (laughs) Culture is real. (laughs) Right? I didn't. That makes sense, I guess. But I was feeling like it's an outsider. I was feeling like I don't get this at all. That's how I think most of us feel when we read these sections of Scripture in Hebrews. And I just want to, I'll give you a little background information so that it'll it'll unwrap it. Okay, but let's read Hebrews chapter 9, and we're going to start in verse 11. But when Christ came as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy place, Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls, with the sprinkling of the ashes of a heifer, sanctifies those who have been defiled so that their flesh is purified, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, Purify our conscience from dead works to worship the living God. This is the word of the Lord. N.T. Wright looks at this and he says, this is really simple. This is a simple text. Just think about the first time, the first place if you, you lived by yourself or with a spouse. And then the second place that you lived by yourself or um, with a spouse. Mine, Malia and I got married. We were living over at the, right by Shalimar. We were living in Costa Mesa, Park in Pomona, in this one-bedroom apartment. I'm a music buff. Everybody knows that. 
Malia was making lemonade, so we decorated our living room with my CDs. <laughs> our living room, we walked into this little living room, and there was just hundreds of CDs on the wall. And then our bedroom, and the shower, and you know, like in the bathroom. Uh, you could pretty much touch every wall <laughs> with just like a little half step, you know? Um, second place we lived was... I was called to New Jersey, and I was a youth pastor in New Jersey, and we found out halfway across the country, we were actually in Florida when we found out where we were going to live, because we were moving to an upper crest. Summit, New Jersey is um, kind of like the Newport Beach, like most people who work um, downtown New York, they make grips of money, and then they, they take a slower job, they move out to the Summit, New Jersey, and start a family. And so, um, Summit, New Jersey, lost more people when the towers went down than World War II, Vietnam, and Korean War combined. Um, I had kids in my youth group that lost both parents. But since they're from New York and they got all this money, picture that place. You, the, you know, like, there's no rental units. There's, <laughs> they're usually single-family homes, up, upwards of $10 million. So it's like, it's a really... And we're living on an apartment in Shalimar, and we're going across the, the country, and we find out we're living, we're going to be renting the manse, which is a parsonage, which is a church-owned home of the town next door, New Providence Presbyterian Church had a manse, nobody wanted to live in it, we lived in it, built in, I don't know, 1810, it was a historical, it was, it was a mansion, it was three, it was three, it was two stories with a basement, um, I had a man cave that was going to be Zeke's room because uh, Zeke was born right there. Um, so the difference was ginormous. You know, we go from this little shack where every Sunday morning there's mariachi music. You know, it was just, and it was always loud. It's apartment living. There's like college kids living right downstairs. There's people blowing up stuff, you know. Uh, and then we're out in, Summit, New Jersey, or New Providence, New Jersey, next to a cemetery, totally quiet. We had a backyard. It came with a John Deere sit-down mower. <laughs> and I would pretend I'm a cowboy. I don't know. It has nothing to do with Jersey, but I would put the cowboy hat and put the boots on. And I'd chop wood. <laughs> Picture this guy chopping wood. I really kind of hurt myself a couple times. The point being, it went from not very good to amazing and that's this text the relationship with God the Father he had put this system in place where you dealt with sin through the Holy of Holies and through these temple sacrifices and now Jesus has come And he's opened up the relationship to anybody and everybody. Why wouldn't you want to live in the new house, right? Um, So I could sit down right now. But I will just, I want to talk about a couple things to bring out how amazing Jesus is. Because that's basically the point of this sermon, Hebrews. Is how amazing Jesus is. And some of the context stuff author opens with um, 
thousands of years, the Jewish people had paid, had been being redeemed by hundreds of sacrifices. By year in and year out, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, where the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies. Does everybody remember that? Because there's all kinds of allusions in this text. Remember, once a year, and it's usually we just passed it. Um, Yom Kippur, uh, Day of Atonement, the high priest would walk into the... See, there's all these different parts of the temple. And so there's the outer realm where everybody... And it's kind of like a marketplace. And then there's like a, a, a mid-level place where you can come and meet with the priest and they do all these other kind of sacrifices. And then once a year, all these outer ones point to the high priest walking on behalf of all the people into the presence of God and sprinkling blood on the mercy seat. And that priest is forgiven all the sins of the people and then he comes back and he tells everyone, hey, our sins are forgiven yet again this year. Author of Hebrews says all those thousands of years that the Hebrew people had been doing that on earth was all pointing to actually a real holy of holies. This one on earth was just a two-dimensional image, like we are images of God. This, this image on earth was an image in the heavenly realms of a place where all of humanity's sins were going to be forgiven for all man, like all mankind and all time. Is everybody following that? So the author, he, 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 the author says, Jesus, on that Good Friday, on that crucifixion day, he went straight past the fake stuff and he went into the heavenly realms and he was not only the high priest, but he was the sacrifice. And it wasn't just for the year or the month or the individual sin. It was for all sins, for all time, for all humankind. Is there any joy in the room? Because <laughs> that's amazing, okay? <laughs> that's absolutely phenomenal. This, this, and I'm about to blow your minds again because there's, there's three parts of the, like what would happen at the sacrifice. In the Holy of Holies, the Day of Atonement. First of all, humans, us, were giving a gift to our Creator. And imagining, imagine, um, well, you don't have to imagine it. Christmas, right? Every Christmas, you give a parent a gift, right? You should. I don't know, if your parents are still with us, I get, I, I, that's kind of to me. You know, every once in a while I'm preaching, and I'm convicted right now. <laughs> I, need, I need to give my parents gifts more. Um, but out of gratitude, we give gifts once a year. That was part of the Day of Atonement. All of humanity was going into the Holy of Holies and on that priest's shoulders and on that priest's representation 
is a gift. Thank you, God, for making me. Thank you, God, for making my friends. Thank you, God, for making my family members. Thank you for being creator and not giving up on me. So it's a, a thank you, right? And what's Jesus do with that? God's emptied into a human being, his one and only son, Jesus the Christ, and his ultimate thank you gift for all mankind. So through Jesus, this author of Hebrews is saying, we, we're covered. The gift has been given. As a stingy person, that feels really, that's, that's really good gospel. <laughs> that's really good news. I don't have to give anything because Jesus the Christ gave it for me. Once and for all and forever. Another thing it does is it sets us free. And we've been talking a lot about how I've learned redemption has a lot more to do with being freed from slavery than I ever thought it was. But this author says, Jesus walked into the Holy of Holies, the real Holy of Holies, and redeemed us and set us free. And we are no longer slaves of this world or the sins that we sometimes think we're enslaved to. We're set free, ladies and gentlemen. We have no more shackles. And the, the author of Hebrews puts a little spice in it. Because there's two, there's two Jewish holidays he uses as an illustration. The first is Day of Atonement. If you ever want to, this is for homework because don't, we don't have time for this. But if you ever want to go and learn about the Day of Atonement, go back to Leviticus chapter 16. And actually, I'll just look at it. And it has all the rules of what, how we get clean from the Day of Atonement. And Jesus did that once and for all for all of us on the cross. Everybody with me? I kind of feel like everybody's dragging a little bit. Do I need to tell a story or blow up something? Okay, this is heavy. And another thing, author of Hebrews doesn't mess around. This is theology. And the author of Hebrews is, is working from the place, if you change what you think about God, that's going to change everything. If you fully understand the truths that happen on Good Friday, your rest of your life will never be the same. And he's drilling down and he's, he's make, or the author's making illustrations that no one else does. And so the author ropes us in and says, Jesus was the ultimate day of atonement. He was the sacrifice. He was the high priest. And he was the Holy of Holies, but that's another whole sermon. Um, what's the other? What's the other um, Jewish holiday? Yeah, what's the other Jewish sacrifice? What's the other Jewish uh, festival? That's the word I was looking for. The the red heifer. Oh, 
<laughs> How many people have heard of the red heifer? This is why you came this morning. <laughs> it might be for the bagpipes, but it's also for the red heifer. Okay? And if you want to learn about the red heifer, that's in Numbers. And that's in Numbers chapter 19, the ceremony of the red heifer. Let me read the crux of it. Let me read the fulcrum, the tipping point of it, that the author is zeroing in on. The author's zeroing in on 19 and starting in verse 18, 18b. Actually, um, I'll do the whole 18. Then a clean person shall take hyssop, dip it in the water, and sprinkle it on the tent, on all the furnishings, on the persons who were there. And whoever touched the bone, the slain, the corpse, or the grave, the clean person shall sprinkle the unclean ones on the third day and on the seventh day. Red heifer ceremony was legit. And it was to cover the sins of the people of God, you and I, on the occasion that we touch unclean things. On on the occasion that we're in sin, not because we're committing sins, but maybe we're omitting sins, like we're sins of omission, or we're just in the wrong place at the wrong time and we're made unclean. You ever been there? All of a sudden you're in a place and everybody around you is sinning and you're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. What do we do? Well, up until Jesus the Christ, this is what you would do. You'd go to the priest, and on this annual holiday, on this annual festival, on the ceremony of the, the heifer, the chief priest would sprinkle the blood on the, on the, on the tabernacle, on the, in the Holy of Holies. They would do the, the seat part, the same as atonement. Then they would take the rest of the animal, barbecue it up, so it smells delicious. So picture, okay, that smells amazing. They would mix some of the blood with the ashes of that barbecue. And then you would come up to him and he would sprinkle you. And let's say if it's a group, you know, like have you ever been in a group baptism where they're just dunking people after dunking people? <laughs> if you're at the ceremony of the heifer, he would run out, he would go like this, the high priest would go. And what's he sprinkling? No. Somebody said water, that's a good guess. Blood and ash. Blood. The blood of this animal that gave its life for your sin is reminding you that you need to be forgiven. You need to be washed clean by the death of something. And it's not because of something you've done. It's because somewhere you've been. And so this author is weaving these two things. He's weaving the, the, the day of atonement but also the, the festival of the heifer and saying, Jesus did it all. And we just sang. Oh, it was a wicked good song. Danny's out probably getting tacos. But uh, we sing, bought with the precious blood of Christ. The author of this book is going back to Good Friday In painting this word picture, 
of Jesus not only going on the Day of Atonement and covering all of our sins by being the sacrificial lamb and the high priest and the God that is being um, sacrificed to, but he's also throwing in this word picture of just a giant sprinkling of everyone who ever comes to Christ with the blood. The precious blood of the Lamb of God given for you and me. And so then he ends with a challenge. The author says, all of this is to serve. All of this is to worship and serve the Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the Redeemer, the atoning sacrifice, the sacrifice of the heifer, the red heifer. Application? Oh, and by the way, I think that's why it's Reformation text for the lectionary. Do you see that? Why do you think it's the, the lectionary text? Because who's it for? Raise your hand. You. <laughs> this is for you. This is this is that was the big that was the big the big victory of the Reformation. It's interesting. We get the word Reformation. And the Greek word for it is actually in verse 10. And look up look at verse 10 in your Bibles. Does anybody have a Bible? Listen, I'll read it to you. But deal only with food and drink, various baptisms, regulations for the body imposed until the time comes to set things right. In the Greek, that's where we get the word reformation. To be set right. And the way that this is all set right, and this is all as the reformers saw it. The priesthood of all believers is right behind this. And the third way that Jesus changes everything is the conscience. Remember the sacrifice? It did two, two things. It's you know a thank you gift. It's a redemption. But there's also the author throws in while throwing in the mix of the, the redemption sacrifice. He says, he answers the question in Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to Hit the gas. Everybody stick with me. Zeke, you awake? Okay, good. That's my son. Sermon on the Mount says, Jesus says, your righteousness is going to surpass those of the Pharisees. How is that going to happen? The answer comes in Hebrews chapter 9, verse, the last verse, whatever the last verse I read. 14. The way that we're going to supersede or surpass the the righteousness of the Pharisees is that we will no longer have to just wash the outside. Jesus did it on an internal level. Remember, there's the three different parts of the whole, the, 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 whatever it's called, what's it, whatever? The temple, tabernacle, there it is. They would, the, the commoners would be on the outside, the middle, middle rotors will be in, in, in only the priest. The high priest would go in to the 
place where the insides were, of the cup were filled. Remember when Jesus says, you're just whitewashed tombs. You're decaying inside. He says that to the Pharisees. And it's less of an insult. I always hear that, and that's an insult. That's more of a truth than an insult. We, without Jesus the Christ, without the blood that sprinkled on us, without the Jesus that walked into the holy holies on our behalf, we're just whitewashed tombs. And we come to church and we wash off our in or outsides week after week after week until we get the truth that Jesus the Christ wants way more for you and I. He wants us to walk into this place and he wants us to realize that in him our consciences are made linked with the Father. And he cleans us not from the outside in but from the inside out. So the third way is he changes our hearts. He gives us heart transplants. We no longer have to go and sacrifice year after year, week after week, day after day. We can simply say, God, I blew it again. And God will say straight to us, not through a high priest, not through any other person. He'll say straight, like, straight to us. You're forgiven, my son. You're forgiven, my daughter, because my son, Jesus the Christ, walked straight into holy holies on your behalf. And he was sprinkled with blood. And he sprinkled the blood so that you might never have to do this again. Once and for all, you've been set free. Sorry if I kicked into yell gear. (laughs) Applications, super simple. Worship this Jesus the Christ. And ask yourself on a minute-by-minute, day-by-day basis, why the heck am I not living in the new place? Why do I still live like I'm in the old place? The author would walk up to each one of us and probably slap us until we realize, seriously, stupid, I've told you this. Get it. Get it inside you. You have the God of the universe sending his one and only son, not just for the heck of it, just so he could be with you. Right? Why would you not want that? Why do we... Anyway, that's another sermon. We're way over time. What am I supposed to do? Oh, I'm supposed to call for the offering. (laughs) Okay, that's crazy. That's a crazy transition. We have a bagpiper around. Because at the end of the bagpiping, he's going to walk in and we're going to sing Amazing Grace verses 1 and 5. And is anybody crazy that we didn't do the Scots Confession? Let's do it right now because the bagpiper won't have to stick around. Stand up. We're going to do the Scots Confession. I knew I had some list takers in here. (laughs) <laughs> right? I, I was, I always, it was kind of bugging me, too. I, I'm not even that type. We got the Scots Confession anywhere, somewhere? All right, here we go. Right when I turn around, it's there. Okay, ready? We confess and acknowledge one God alone, to whom alone we must cleave, whom alone we must serve, whom only we must worship, and whom alone we must put our trust, who is eternal, infinite, 
immeasurable, incomprehensible, omnipotent, invisible, one in substance and yet distinct in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, by whom we confess and believe all things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, to have been created, to be retained in their being, and to be ruled and guided by his inscrutable providence for such end as his eternal wisdom, goodness, and justice have appointed, and to the manifestation of his own glory. Amen. Please be seated. Those of you at home, um, you send your tithes and your offerings to Presbyterian Church. Um, by the way, I probably haven't even said this to you guys on the podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, but you send your tithes and your offerings, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And that's Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, or PCC. Um, for those of us here, you can put them in the offering plate on your way out. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received. And we're going to sing Amazing Grace, and I'm supposed to start us. That's what MJ thinks. Ready? It's going to be right on the downbeat. That's what I remember. Not yet, else. Well, you can just sit next to Malaya. Uh, you too. Because they're going to bring the offering after we sing the doxology. Remember that whole thing? We have hiccups. We got hiccups, people. But we still love. No, MJ, you're, what are you sitting down for? Oh, not you. I was talking to my daughter. By the way, round of applause for MJ Nelson, please. All right, I'm going to watch your head, and you're going to go like this. Amazing. You know, and everybody's going to follow his head. Ready? Okay. Amazing grace. Okay, stop. <laughs> he just wants to make me look stupider. Okay. <laughs> I'm already, never mind. Amen. You go. You nod when you want me to start singing, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I once was a 
want to repeat the, the quote that Amy read by Martin Luther. Grant that I may not pray alone with the mouth. Help me that I may pray with the depth of my heart. And with that approach, let us now go before God in prayer. Holy God, as we celebrate Reformation Sunday with believers around the world, we draw our focus to you and your grace-filled presence in our lives. Remind us this day of the courage you gave to Martin Luther when he could no longer remain silent and he nailed his 95 theses to the church door. As we recall the Reformation in our history, we give thanks for all who went before us and remember those who are persecuted for their faith. We pray that churches in all traditions may discover their unity in Christ and exercise their gifts in service to all. Strengthen this congregation in its work and worship. We pray for our government. Direct those who govern that they may rule fairly, maintain order, uphold those in need, and defend oppressed people that this world may claim your rule and know your peace. We pray for our world. Lead all nations in the way of justice and goodwill. We continue to pray for the missionaries being held in Haiti. We pray for their safety and well-being, and we pray that you touch the hearts of their captors so that they will be released unharmed and soon. Loving God, we never know when we might be entertaining angels unaware. We pray for our communities and for all who live here, that we may be a community of hospitality, welcoming the stranger and sheltering the refugee. God of compassion in Jesus Christ, you cared for all who needed help. Hear our prayers today for those awaiting diagnosis of their illness, those who are undergoing treatments, those who watch by the bed of the sick or dying, those who are recovering from or preparing for surgery, and those who are feeling the effects of aging with bodies that no longer work as they once did. Give to each as they have need. We pray for this church and its membership. We ask that you touch hearts of members, old and new, to eagerly respond to the needs for serving this congregation and thereby serving you. We pray for the children that they may be constantly encouraged in their faith and supported in their spiritual growth. Remind us of the commitment of the disciples as they took Jesus' message far and wide. And we unite together with believers everywhere as we pray the prayer Jesus taught his disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Martin Luther once said, As long as we live, there is never enough singing. So with that in mind, please stand and we will sing to God be the glory.
Amen. Well, how good is it to have that guy back? That is awesome. Quit biting your fingernails. Okay. Before I give the benediction, would you guys get in your places right here? I made a promise to Don Beard. He wants a picture of us. Can you pull over here? All right, that's good. Okay. Now, I didn't mean to be. This is a fun. We could do this after, too. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right now, receive the benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so.